Stormy UK, it's Pete here and welcome to AdTech Innovators. This time it's Lisa Avery, positive psychologist, who's going to talk to you about Rocky AI, which is somewhere on the intersection between artificial intelligence and coaching and positive psychology. Enjoy! Congratulations. You're a doctor. What does that feel like? <laughs> it feels brilliant, you know. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's a six-year journey or something like that through various publications and lots of scrutiny and lots of rewriting things. And uh, it, it, it's brilliant. It feels really good because it just validates everything that you've been doing over the years. And, you know, people keep get bored of asking you all the time, like, you know, how's the PhD going? And you say, well, get it done. So you sound a bit like Walter Missy, don't you? But uh, so it's, it's actually finally happened. So great yeah. news. That's amazing. Really very well done. I mean, to stick at something for six years, you know, that will have required a lot of time and dedication. That's no mean feat. So good for you. Congratulations. That's incredible. Very well deserved too. Yeah, well, I think it, I might have said this to you last, last time I spoke to you. It becomes a sort of daily battle of um, fighting the demons and um, making sure that you sort of believe that you can do it. So um, and it is something you have to do literally every day because the, there is part of you that, that, that does think, no, this is never going to happen. You know, if other people get PhDs, you don't. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But just think, if you've proven to yourself that you're capable of sticking at something on a daily basis for six years, it's like pretty much, I think at this stage, you could do anything you set your mind on. Actually, you know, over time, over time, I mean, you know, you've done it once, you could do it again and again and again. I could. Uh, I could. I yeah. could build a really big treehouse or something. About <laughs> a treehouse. How cool yeah. would that be? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Maybe I love that. that. <laughs> so well, a lot to talk about with you of course um i mean obviously you might have noticed i'm writing about the ai space quite a lot because of, i'm researching that area in relation to educational technology and uh, you're in that space too and what it'd be really good to talk about would be just how uh, ai uh, can be aligned with the um, well-being space absolutely perfect yep it's something i've not stopped talking about either for the last year or so and all kinds of conversations and context so that sounds good to me yeah it's yeah it's a massive chunk of my work right now and it's something that's really taken off which is really exciting and people are responding well to especially you know some of the younger kids out there who don't have anybody else to share these kind of things with brilliant mm. for the personal and professional development realm but hey here I am ready to tout the benefits of all things AI and education and Anything yeah. else? Is there anything else you'd be kind of keen to cover? Obviously, you want to get as many gems in as you would, as would be useful to your agenda. Just as many gems as we have, I suppose, in, in you know, half an hour-ish. So I'm sure we'll generate many. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, don't challenge me there as many as we have. Like, I, mm -hmm. I genuinely believe our dialogue, dialogue could keep flowing endlessly. So, yeah, let's literally, when it's getting just a bit too much, you know, give me a nod, a wave, anything you like, we can, yeah. I just yeah. say outright that's enough stop yeah yeah i did i think they used to do on the x factor just go like that and then exactly. Cowell style. yeah yeah it's really difficult to offend me pete so literally whatever you choose to do it's fine by me excellent uh well um fantastic so let's start with no, we, we talked about imposter syndrome before and and having you know needing to inject a bit of self-belief so that you can finish whatever it is that you're doing so in my case a, a phd but um no, neither of us um, 
feel as though we belong uh, traditionally in the AI space, do we? So how have you um, fought those demons so that you can um, be a credible um, practitioner in that space? I think it was actually really difficult for me when I first came in because I really am a technophobe. I, I think my technological skills are pretty basic. So when I first met the founder of the app, Harry, I was actually pretty scared. I, I wanted to reveal my ignorance and incompetence at the get-go, but he was actually very reassuring and showed me just how much human needed to be injected into the AI. And that's where I really came into this. I was bringing the humanness. Um, I, was, I was creating the content that would feed into the AI. The AI was essentially a platform. It was some kind of system that would help deliver the human content. So I was working in tandem in parallel. I didn't have to learn too much of the AI myself. I had to learn some very basic things. But what I had to do was to create the AI's questions, content, you know, the coaching content so that the AI could act as a coach. Um, yeah, so I didn't have to learn too much of the very technical side myself to start with though I am starting to get a bit more of a grasp on how it works but on a very basic level mm, yes it's intimidating a prospect at first that's for sure yeah I mean this should be really really reassuring for the multitude of people who fear that their jobs are going to disappear because of AI you know based on headlines from the Daily Mail and so on um, but it's really potentially reassuring what you just said about injecting the human element and, and how those skills are not really going to disappear no. Um, so are you able to give examples of how you have injected the, um, well, in your case, Lisa, superhuman element? <laughs> Thank you. Too kind, Pete. Too kind. Um, absolutely. So when I first met the founder of the app, the app really did sound like a robot. And I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying so. So my first task was to actually give the voice, so to speak, something more of a human voice in terms of the way questions were worded, in terms of trying to show just a little bit of fun and playfulness at times. Um, it was, it, yeah, very much to try to emulate the way a human would respond to something that had been said before, the way a human would have sort of memory and show connections. So, so you know, a human, I would say, Pete, you know, like you said before, actually showing that over time I can listen, I can accumulate memories, I can, you know, create an ongoing dialogue that goes beyond one conversation and spills into the next. It was my job to kind of add what we call the fillers of the conversation so that it is more human. Um, yeah, I love what you just said. Let, yeah, let's talk more about that. Let's delve more deeply into that. I had to come up with lots of expressions and lots of ways to connect yeah, past conversations with present conversations, help people think about future goals. I I had all kinds of tasks, but primarily to make it sound as real and authentic as possible because the nature of our conversations, so the AI that we're working with, it's a coaching chatbot. So we use positive psychology and coaching psychology. So the nature of those subjects, you know, it's to motivate, it's to engage, it's to get people to open up. And in order to do that, most people don't want to feel like they're doing that with some AI chatbot you know so we have had to make it feel as warm motivational and encouraging as possible so you know using words like fabulous wonderful that's great all of those things that you would do as a human being to show that warmth and that motivation we 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 try to inject into the AI and it's becoming I think more and more of a real experience so to speak and we see that reflected in the feedback and what people say which is really nice 
Mm. Were, you were you tempted to inject any curveballs then? There's uh, quite so bizarre expressions that would make people think that, uh, oh, this really is a human because I just said something really random. <laughs> I mean, sometimes the AI says something very random, but not through our doing. So I think those those moments come up too. Fortunately, most people are quite patient with those things. Uh, and I think also that the assuring thing or the reassuring thing for people should be that they are in full control here, not the AI. It is the human that retains full autonomy and control. So essentially, the human is guiding this process and the AI is working. So what the AI is doing, it's it's being really very aware of every word the human uses. And it is, for example, connecting the language that the human uses with things the humans say before, but also articles that we've got stored, particular pieces of text, so that at any point, you know, the AI can say, oh, you seem to be really interested in this subject. Would you like to learn more? You know, it's it's really, and this is the cool thing also, it's almost like a human being, the AI is acting as a human being in the sense that it is picking up on fairly subtle cues from the human so maybe the human who's the human my goodness the fact I'm even saying that the user let's say maybe the user who's engaging is revealing subconsciously without even really thinking about it some goals you know some fears some aspiration but it's coming out very subtly the AI is becoming more and more better better trained I would say to pick up on some of the subtleties and actually say it sounds like you would like this is that right you know but ultimately the human has to say yes and confirm this is what I'm thinking this is what I'd like to say but the AI is getting more and more kind of able to respond to subtle the subtleties I think which it will never do like a very emotionally intelligent attuned human or maybe it will what do you think Pete I'm not sure <laughs> well it, it, yes because I mean obviously um you know we, we we can train the the ai can't we and uh th there are still you know hallucinations if you like um there still is an element of the stochastic paris if you like that this element of randomness that can that can strike uh, from time to time but we can and uh yeah you know i sort of got into a, a bit of an argument with chat gpt a couple of days ago because it, it just kept on making mistakes i just <laughs> so i just started saying no that's not what i meant no, i mean this and um but then again it all comes down to the, the clarity of your own communication doesn't it absolutely and and you're absolutely right there are people who pick fights randomly with the ai you can see it you can see that there are people who come just feeling generally enraged and kind of they don't want to enjoy the experience or they feel that they want to prove it wrong or ineffective and, and of course you have to work with the ai but every single week that passes it becomes more and more sophisticated and better able i think to help people and essentially it's that isn't it? it's a tool it's an aid it's not the replacement of a human necessarily but what we're doing is we're trying to democratize the coaching experience so bring it to the people who couldn't afford it because generally speaking coaching is pretty expensive gig so mm. you know especially for students people who are unemployed it's a great way I think to access a self-development tool that can feel very interactive very real and where in life Pete you tell me do we get this safe space where we can disclose our full emotional truth no judgment full anonymity I mean 
mean, that in and of itself to me is is quite precious and quite special, mm. you know, because there's so much psychology which shows that whatever we repress will always grow stronger in us. So our only freedom, our only liberation comes through putting words to our lived experience. Where do you get to do that? Maybe you keep a journal, maybe you have a therapist. But if you don't, I think there's something really special about any space where you can do that. Create your narrative, begin to make sense of it, set goals accordingly, you know, heal from from past situations. So that's that's something too that this kind of space offers, I believe. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And potentially, there's, I mean, this is a slightly paranoid thought, but there's a great deal of um, potentially pernicious data to be harvested here, isn't there? Um, and I think that there must be an AI um, you know, tool that can harvest the data from all of your Google searches and all of your social media communication over a period of years. So to, just to give an idea of a kind of narrative of, of what's basically inside your head, because Google knows what you're thinking, doesn't it? So you, when you're searching for things, you're, that's your thinking process to an extent. So in a way, it's uh, that, but uh, supercharged. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. The the AI that we work with, it's all in-house. It's all custom built. We wouldn't have anything like that. There's so much security and anonymity around that. It's very, it's a very protected space in that respect. But I imagine that, as you say, this could be very much a fear that people have. Um, but but again, you know, we're talking about AI for good here, I think. And it's it's a free, well, it's, it's a very cheap, accessible way, I think, of having this space in which you can work. You can work with something that as I say, is both human and AI. It's the perfect combination of the two. And I think that's where we're, you know, where the service that a service that is really at its best, because most people couldn't have the single sort of coaching service, but pretty much everybody can afford a few pounds or dollars a month to access something like this, I'd say. Mm. Do you have any uh, interesting data about, or not interesting data about the, the user base of Rocky? I mean, who, who is using this uh, platform? Uh, yeah, who's using it? Absolutely. So it's pretty much four different groups of people. We've got students, quarter of students, a quarter of people who are job seekers. So really looking to find employment, oftentimes find out a bit more about themselves, their strengths, what their vision looks like for the future. So we've got students, job seekers, um, another quarter just employed people who are in employment. And then the other quarter are leaders. So really looking to upskill in some leadership development topics which is what we sort of specialize in. It's something we've really, really focused on. Again, because what's cool about what we're doing these days, we started out just creating a coaching experience. What we've now done is got both a coach and a mentor mode. So at any moment, the person can say, tell me more or help me with this. And we'll put, pull up articles from the different related subjects. Again, thinking about what people have said throughout the chat, certain pieces of language that might reflect an interest or a need to learn more more about particular topics so having both the coach and mentor mode I think it, it brings a real didactic element to this but the cool thing is from that didactic element we always go back to an empowering question okay you've just read about this as a result how could you apply it because ultimately like every kind of personal or professional development experience whether it's AI or traditional we're looking to help people think feel and do things differently that is the only way in which anything really ever changes for 
for anybody. So we're working on thoughts, emotions and actions. And I think, you know, we need in order to do that, people need the didactic element. They need the inspiration. So, too, do they, do they need that daily motivation, that reminder, that prompt? Um, yeah. And, and ultimately, you know, we know from the psychology of motivation that if people are going to stay motivated, they need three things to feel really autonomous in their choices, to feel really connected to others in everything they do and to feel as competent as possible. And I think AI is really brilliant for, from an autonomy perspective, because at every single moment, you know, it's handing it back to the human. It's, it's asking, OK, just share this with you. What do you want to do with that? So, yeah. so I'd imagine that that accelerates the, the transfer of the balance of power, should, should, if that's the right way to put it. So instead of having this kind of um, relationship where the, you know, the, there is the coach and the, and the mentee, the mentor and the mentee, and mm -hmm. the power dynamic is quite well established, if you like, that it enables the mentee to actually seize, well, not seize power, that's the wrong word, isn't it? To actually develop um, their own power, um, their own autonomy. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it really fuels that inner resourcefulness of a human being, because I think we we do all need advice. Sometimes we do need tips. We do need inspiration. But then we need somebody to turn around and hold us accountable and actually empower us by asking us to make a choice based upon what has been said. Because once again, I don't think anybody's ever been motivated by something they've been told what to do. We need that autonomy so incredibly badly. But, you know, in order to to reach that that decision that is made autonomously I do think people are open to ideas to tips to inspiration and that's when I think you know you've got the perfect fusion of two things the inspirational the didactic but then you know the autonomous you know, the, the, the coaching question essentially you know a coaching experience it is nothing but a series of powerful questions and I do love a good question for that reason, you know, because it evokes that inner resourcefulness. Mm. And uh, yeah, and I think AI is really well placed to do that because it's getting cleverer and cleverer and can ask better questions, I'd say. Yeah, I, I love the way, you know, on one hand, Rocky is a, a highly sophisticated product and is, is very successful. But on the other hand, like everything in the AI, AI space, it's very much a work in progress, isn't it? So mm -hmm. um, what, what are you having conversations about in terms of how the functionality will, will develop over the next couple of years? Yeah, I, I mean, as you say, and thank you for asking, this is something that is constantly evolving. Right now, we're working with a lot of what we call partners, our digital twin partners. So we're creating the digital twin for people who've written books, for people who have a course or a series of content. Um, and we're asking people to, to come and partner with us, whereby we take their content, we dissect their content into a series of very powerful, meaningful questions. They have their questions in there to offer the people who engage with their content a more deeper connected longer lasting experience um, and at the same time the person is able to you know share their articles share their book in in different segments so we are working with these digital twins who want to disseminate their content that's our main focus right now and that's taken off really well actually so we're we're really pleased with that and grateful for the response we've had from that Again, we're just we're constantly talking about how to enhance that user experience, particularly engaging 
people within the first couple of conversations, because if coaching as a concept is still fairly misunderstood by, by society in general, then AI coaching is still something that we're looking to, to help people understand and to see the benefit of. You know, it was really interesting a year or so ago when I started reaching out to coaches saying, would you like to offer some AI coach, you know, as, as part of your coaching experience, part of your coaching service? So many people were so reticent and almost aggressive at times. Exactly. Like, no, no, you're going to come and take away my job. Like, this is no, my, my livelihood. Absolutely not. It's never going to be exactly the same thing. But, you know, a really powerful compliment to the work that a coach already does. So I guess ultimately, you know, we're in conversations about how to make it more engaging, more human, how to really hook people in. If people have a few conversations, they tend to stay with us for a long time, but it's getting people to instantly see that value. But so much much of that is understanding actually what coaching is aside from AI. So mm. yeah, I'm really interested in the idea of a digital twin too. I've seen a, quite a bit about that on, on socials recently. Um, I mean, I'm thinking, I suppose, in, in the coaching space, the way that if people feel as though their you know, livelihood is under threat because of AI, will this potentially open up new revenue streams for them in terms of th things like um, opening up new leads and um, the repurposing of content that generates a, a, a far uh, more prominent profile? Absolutely. I think it's it's that, Pete. Thank you for asking. It is the repurposing of existing content. And, and even for people who are currently putting together content, quite a few of the people we're working with now, they're in the process of creating their course for the first time. And from what they say, it's quite useful working with us because we really break it down. Essentially, essentially, you know, it's almost like creating a book, writing a book, which is something I know you know a lot about, um, and structuring those chapters to take people on a meaningful journey. Because I think with any kind of self-development any personal or professional development people like to think of it as a journey where will I start where will I end and what will that process look like and essentially that's what we're asking of our digital twins to take their clients on a journey through the app in a much more engaging way I guess you know mm. And again, it's that thing that, you know, neurons that fire together, wire together, every single change we make in our lives, it changes our brains over time, we're capable of so much evolution. But this has to happen with, with daily practice, with repetition. And I think that's the power and the beauty of having something to ask people to check in or engage with on a daily basis, whether it's AI or whether it's something else. It's that regularity, I think. And over time, we, we can make big changes in our lives. You know, you you spoke yourself just as we were starting the call you know you've just got your PhD which is absolutely incredible but I'm guessing there was some habit involved you've had to create a daily habit is that right in, in writing and in researching yeah I, I think I mean, just rewinding um to the last six years I suppose that there are elements of um daily habits but they're interrupted by things like a you know, pandemic or two and um <laughs> and um, life getting in the way and stuff like that. So you have some kind of plan, but it doesn't really go according to that. So I, I suppose, I mean, you'd know more about this than me, but um, you develop some kind of psychological um, pattern where, you know, I was talking before about you know, um, injecting self-belief in small doses. That that was a, a really important part of the um, of the process for me, and um, and also just somehow freeing myself as well. So, for example, you know, generating content that that um, had some kind of momentum and energy to it, uh, which would, you know sometimes you feel as though you got sort of writer's block, don't you? So, um, if you can get some kind of momentum and freedom and autonomy to the way that you're you're reading and writing, then um, you've really got something that's going somewhere yeah 
I, I love that. I absolutely love that. It's a really fascinating piece of psychology that says if you want to get something done, whether it's an email, a letter, an essay, if you write the first line, you're very likely to go beyond the first line if you can just manage the first line. And that is because your subconscious will torture you because something's incomplete. The subconscious hates things that are incomplete. It's kind of like why we tend to dream about the things that are unresolved in our lives. You know, a subconscious mind is continually trying to put together the pieces like a jigsaw and make sense of things so it's this idea that if you just do the first part of something you are highly likely to go back to it pretty quickly it's the not starting it's not opening that document at all that's the problem so they say whether that's helpful to anybody listening I don't know <laughs> yeah but I suppose that's why self-reflection is so important isn't it, isn't it because um I was talking about sort of freeing myself so that I could develop momentum momentum before uh, so when I was stuck with writing I'd move on to visual images and and think about what I could do with those I'm putting stuff out on on social and using you know Dali you know open eye imagery and things like that and using Canva to generate images and through that the words would start to flow around the images and you develop develop some kind of multimodal narrative that um that had had momentum so um so I yeah. think it, I'm sure you're doing something quite similar with uh Rocky and, and with with other items of uh, aspects of your work Absolutely, Pete. Yeah. I, I mean, goodness, you can brainstorm in so very many ways. I love the fact that you've used visuals. I think whatever it is that sort of gets the creative juices flowing, so to speak. Absolutely. You know, we, we've included in Rocky a really a very vast number of themes and subjects. But it's like there's an endless list of what human beings are interested in, fascinated by, looking to develop, looking to improve. You know, we know this from YouTube, from any Google search as that that quest for continual development and improvement, which is, I guess, what we're all after. Right. We know from psychology that humans have this deep seated need to continually, continually evolve and to grow. That progress, that continual sense of progress is far more satisfying than reaching any one or two particular goals we know from psychology that pretty soon after you complete a goal we kind of get used to it this thing called hedonic adaptation it loses its shine its appeal and we're looking at the next thing so I think rather than being focused on goal after goal it's that continual sense of evolution of, and progress and that's why you know the kind of thing that we're dealing with it's looking for that daily progress you know however small and insignificant it might be and so much of it comes down to what you're talking about it's creating those habits and what do you do to create those good habits like you say you know you've got to get into a routine but a part of that routine it's freeing yourself from the negative or the self-limiting beliefs or you know the frustrations and that's why I think whether you journal whether you use an app like ours it's so important to actually get out you know what you're feeling before you can really focus and start because once again if the mind is trying to to get to grips with everything that's going on it's really difficult so I think writing about our engaging in what's going on in your life before then being laser focused on a topic can be incredibly helpful mm. you're doing great with these questions lisa because some of them are quite tricky so uh, my apologies for that but here's no. a, any here's probably the most difficult question of all and that's um do you think there's evidence that uh, ai is starting to change psychology the, the way that psychology is is um i suppose implemented and received I, I, that that's really interesting i don't think we have the data or the info on that just yet I mean I'm I'm very interested in terms of the way psychology is perceived or received did you say perceived uh, re received um, received okay in, in the way it's received um 
I can only say from the experience I'm having with with the app with Rocky, just how people even since chat GPT in the last sort of three, four, five months, people are becoming more open and responsive within our app experience. People are getting used to receiving what we call the nuggets, the little bit of info, the gems, the insights just at the click of a button. I think chat GPT has really, really helped us in our app in the sense that people are beginning to understand the power of bite-sized pieces of information that, you know, but the problem, I guess, with something like Google, it's endless. Where does it begin? Where does it end, right? It's infinite. We, you know, it's that whole thing about paradox of choice when you've got too many too many choices you become paralyzed and it all becomes kind of meaningless so too much choices is bad and I guess the cool thing about something like chat GPT or about the kind of app we're working with you can access small concise short concise pieces of information that maybe can be enough for you to digest in a meaningful way at that moment and I think people are becoming pretty appreciative of that of, of some condensed filtered information that they can work with um, in, in terms of how they receive psychology I don't know but I can say I think they're starting starting to respond to our app better and better because of things like chat GPT and because of understanding that, you know, AI is that humans have like a massive input into that and that they're not going to be asked random questions by some weird robot in some space, which I think is really important to add here. I wrote so many of those questions, not some weird, uh, well, probably even worse that I've written them, but hey, look, you know, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> oh. Pete, you've disappeared. Wow, it's like 2020 all over again, wasn't it? My goodness. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm back. Sorry. I've just got, got you back, Pete. Sorry. Back in 2023, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, so uh, I, I forgot my question. Now. My question was that... Um, you know, with AI, it, it's clear that we, you know, the, the quest for meaning, sorry, in the quest for meaning, uh, the user has to be a fellow traveler and it has to be working alongside uh, the AI. Um, but we've been doing this for years anyway with, with Google, with the internet and so on, haven't we? That, but we haven't realized it. So we, there was this kind of naivety slash vanity that if we Googled something, what we got in response was uh, was actually viable content, was was you know, believable, was was trustworthy and so on. Mm -hmm. Well, it clearly wasn't. But, um, but now um, we are invited to question a lot more and, and to tweak and to uh, and, and 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 to program, I suppose, to, to help the, uh, the the AI and um, get the answers and that 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 we can get out of it gradually and collaboratively. Absolutely, uh, such a great reflection. And as you were saying that, I thought, yeah, we've turned it on its head. You know, we used to ask Google the questions. Now, in our kind of app experience the app is asking us the questions. So I guess for some people, this could be like, yeah, everything's been turned on its head. I now do have full power, full autonomy. I am a person who's capable of coming up with many answers just as Google did too. I guess, you know, it is a very different, yeah, there is a real paradigm shift there almost. Rather than Jeeves being our butler who is uh, who we asked to deliver us stuff and uh, he, he provides it for us, then uh, we're traveling with, um, uh, with Jeeves, aren't we? And actually training him. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it, it is that co-creation, isn't it? And I think that's a really beautiful part of it. You know, you are training the AI to become more intelligent, but more intelligent so that it can serve you in our case, so that it can ask you better questions so that it can pick up on the subtleties that you share as you're responding to those questions. So you're training AI to help the AI, but also to help yourself and hopefully, you know, everybody else who will benefit from your training of the AI. 
Mm. Um, yes, so so absolutely. I think it's a really, really interesting point you make. And it's yeah. partly about asking the right questions too, isn't it? Which is something that's quite new. So we didn't we didn't used to feel as though we had to ask Google the right questions because no. there wasn't that dialogue, there wasn't that you know co-creation as you as you put it. So um, but now it, it has to be right, otherwise we'll we'll get frustrated and start abusing uh, ChatGPT or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. You, you know, it's been really interesting for me in the last few years as I've handwritten so many of the questions that enter the chatbot, just how important it is to use the right wording in a question. Because if you word a question in just two or three very different ways, it can evoke very different responses from, from the person who's receiving the question. So so many words that are kind of laden with meaning or nuance or emotion, you've got to be so incredibly careful to keep it kind of neutral, but inject a bit of humanness too. And, and we've actually thought about as a future project for the app, having different voices of the app for different personality styles different profiles of people and whilst that you know might be pretty difficult to do we thought about actually asking the question at the start of the experience um here's a question which way of express of asking this question do you like best you know is it sort of more direct and straight to the point a little bit more subtle sort of more flowery language but because again when you're trying to engage a person and the person doesn't know you because essentially you are ai asking the question You've got to be, be really careful because because every single word could affect a person, could affect the re person's response. There isn't a second chance. Sometimes people can instantly disengage if they don't like a single word or the way the question's been worded. So I've started to realize throughout this process that every single word really counts. People are sensitive to language. I've always known from, from coaching, you know, in, in the non-AI space, just how powerful words are, as I'm sure you know from, from education, from all the work you do too. But especially in this kind of space where you're trying to create trust and psychological safety, every single word counts. And that's something that we're very mindful of. Mm. Well, this is this has been great, Adelie. So I've really, really appreciated your your time and uh, energy and wisdom during this interview. It's it's great, and it's good to see you again as well. And um, final question, uh, a bit of a curveball, but but you're you're okay with any curveball, aren't you? Mm -hmm. um, if if this technology, if if uh, Rocky were around twenty years ago, how do you think it would have changed things, or might have changed things? Oh, that is such a brilliant question. How would it or could it have changed things for you? For me, for me personally, wow, goodness. I mean, wow, I, I only really discovered positive psychology and coaching like 10, 15 years ago. I just think it would have empowered me so much sooner, you know, so I'm 42 years old right now. It's taken me pretty much up to this point in my life to have any sort of semblance of identity, sense of self, sense of control, sense of master or mistress of one's own destiny, you know. I guess for me, it would have been really helpful to use this kind of technology to do what I think it does best. And that is to help people create a very strong sense of self, you know. I'm talking particularly about our app here, but I guess in general, this kind of free technology or cheap technology to create a really strong sense of self, to tell the story of your best possible future self and then gain the emotional, psychological and practical skills and tools you need to bring that to life. Because I think for any human being who's looking to make a change in their life, you do need to tell that story of your best possible future self. Who do you tell that to? Again, if you've got a coach, maybe it's a coach. If you've got a journal, a journal. 
But I think having this place where you can begin to tell that story and begin to get the tools, help, support, motivation, inspiration to little by little make the changes in your life, to think, feel and do things differently, to move you towards that life. For me, I think that would have been really useful because I've had to do it the hard way <laughs> over the last however many years. And I'm yeah, I've still got a long way to go, by the way. I'm not mm. sitting on any sort of pedestal here saying I've got it all soft. I have, no, but, but I'm on my way. Your world domination might have happened a bit faster. <laughs> Maybe just a tiny bit faster, Pete. Bring it on, I'd say. But in the meantime, I'll keep playing with the app and all kinds of things connected. Who knows what might happen? Well, thank you so much, Lisa. Absolute pleasure to talk to you again. And uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch, of course. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today, Pete. Really enjoyed it. My pleasure. that was Lisa Avery. I hope you enjoyed. I really did. Who's going to be next? It could be you. Take care and see you later.